Our view of sustainability in my dream is that we shouldn't have to talk about it. You shouldn't have to be worried about how your clothes were made or where your food comes from. You know, you should just be able to call it food and call it clothes and buy it knowing that, you know, no one was harmed in the process and you're not going to die from it. And it should be really simple. It's like we've gotten so far away from where we came from in the interest of efficiency. Yeah. Efficiency, That's profit right. margins, and that sort of thing. And it's just bringing it back to where... Bringing it back to something a little bit more human, because there are literally humans doing this. This is the Kingpins Podcast, the place where we talk about all things denim. I'm fashion journalist Allison Nieder. I'm Erin Barajas, Director of Communications at Kingpins. For this episode of the Kingpins Podcast, we talk about sustainability and social responsibility with Abrima Urwia, the co-founder of Studio 189 in New York. Erin and I had a chance to sit down with Abrima last year at the Denim Days Festival in New York. We hope you enjoy our conversation. My name is Abrima Urwia. I have a brand called Studio 189 that's based between New York and West Africa and Ghana, Accra. Tell me a little bit about the line. I started Studio 189 in 2013 with my now business partner, Rosario Dawson. I am West African and American. My mother's from Mississippi. My father is from Ghana and Ivory Coast. And I grew up in New York, and I worked with various luxury companies. And I was always really fascinated by their commitment to craft and artisanship and techniques passed down from generation to generation. But when I would go visit artisans in my own country and people doing amazing work, I would see that it was really difficult to access market and really difficult to kind of go above a glass ceiling. You know, people were not traveling as much to these countries. And also it's really difficult to get the paperwork to leave those countries and to get the training you need to build those skill sets. And so the idea of fashion and fashion with cause or fashion that was tied to humanity was still very charity focused. And then, you know, uh, Mohammed Yunus, the founder of Microloans and, you know, social enterprise, won the Nobel Peace Prize in 2006. I think I had learned about it. I was kind of interested in this idea that you could do business and charity at the same time, so basically business with impact. And so I put together this concept. I sent it to some friends, and one of them was Rosario. And so the premise of Studio 189 is saying that, you know, every time the consumer buys something, they make a choice make a choice of what kind of, you know, what kind of person you want to be, what kind of world you want to live in, and you activate a supply chain, you know, and, and so how about if you bought some, it doesn't have to be from us, but how about if you made purchases with that in mind? Imagine the kind of world we could live in, and so we always say fashion can be an agent of social change. So many people don't realize it's a trillion dollar industry. So many people don't realize how much it pollutes and how much it affects humans because, like you said, we're so disconnected from the whole supply chain. And so, you know, it's not so much, it's not meant to be preachy. It's meant to be, like, amazing and beautiful. And, like, we encourage you to, like, love beautiful things and to wear beautiful things, but to do it with a level of consciousness. Because I think, and so does Rosario, that the consumer cares. I, we just think they don't know. I didn't know. Obviously, like, you know, when you have to think about the statistics for 2050, for example, they're, they're horrifying. And, and to know that you could do something about it and no one told you is, is, is irritating. You know, like, when you learn statistics, for example, that a T-shirt takes 2,700 liters of drinking water, which could be two years of drinking water for someone, and you think about one day your child may not have access to clean drinking water. I mean, look at Flint. They still don't have water. And all the T-shirts you bought for no reason or all the T-shirts that were made for sports activities and all the stuff, that, the junk that's been produced... Why didn't anybody tell me? <laughs> it's not about telling someone what they should do. It's just about giving them the information and letting them make an informed choice. 
which is what more and more consumers want when it comes to food because they've learned that they want to be able to make the choice of what goes inside their bodies. But fashion also affects what goes inside your bodies and what goes outside your bodies because it uses water, it uses chemicals, it uses all kinds of stuff. So anyway, it's just thoughts like that. So what we do is essentially we try to preserve traditional techniques. We work with a lot of artisans. We opened a factory. So we, we launched our first collection in 2013. Um, it started as collaborations, which I've been thinking a lot about recently. We started with a lot of collaborations. We didn't have our own silhouettes. And then that graduated into us starting to make patterns. We try to do everything in West Africa, everything in local communities and local markets because we want to have localized supply chains and go end-to-end and build infrastructure, again, because so often in a lot of communities, resources are extracted and value is added somewhere else. And we want to be able to really do the whole thing in a local market and it can be any local market. We're specifically focused on, on like Ghana and its surrounding countries, but it doesn't have to be. It can be somewhere else as long as it's somewhat localized and we're not shipping things back and forth all over the place to make one garment. We started a factory through a program with the United Nations International Trade Center Ethical Fashion Initiative. And then we work with different communities that specialize in different techniques from hand batiking, use a lot of natural indigo dye because we're big indigo fiends. Um, we started growing indigo in, a, in the central region of Ghana. We also work with indigo dyers in the north. We use other forms of natural dyes as well. We do a lot of uh, you know, like various forms of weaves, kente weaving and just like lots of different types of loom weaving. And um, we have various batikers and goldsmithing and cobbling and all these kinds of things. But the bigger thing is like we really try to go from soup to nuts, you know, from the farm to the consumer and back around and try to think about, you know, what, the, what is going to happen to our garments after it's had its natural life. Like, where is it going later? And, you know, trying not to also waste. So we're kind of really interested in sustainability and just asking ourselves the questions. And we don't always have the answers, which is why the community matters. You know, like sometimes we think we know, and then we find out that behind door number two, there's something we didn't know about, you know, and so how do we get there? I like to say that I think a big part of our role is connecting, you know, bringing tradition into the future, you know, because a lot, a lot of what goes on is traditional. And, and that's amazing, but in the long term, it needs to modernize a bit. But we want to modernize without erasing tradition. So it's a very fine line, you know, like, we love the traditional practices, but we know that in the modern world, it can't stay exactly the way it's always been. It's got to change or it will die down. Either people won't want to buy it or people don't want to train in it and so that you just don't have the talent that you used to have or it's just you won't have access to the water or the processes or whatever. So how do we modernize that? Can you describe the line? What I've seen, it's very print-driven. It's really, the textiles are amazing. Walk people through what it is. Yeah, we are very textile-heavy. Um, we are very print-driven. It's very tropical, very colorful. It's not only colorful, but um, we, you know, we're really inspired by what we see around us. We're inspired by, you know, earth. I'm like, right now I'm wearing a kimono, like navy and green with leaves, and I look like a plant, you know. <laughs> but um, it's just, I really, we really love that. You know, we love, like, the, you know, the sun and the water, and we really love blue because it has so many beautiful healing properties, you know. It's got spiritual properties, healing properties, you know. It's just like it's in so many things, and... It connects so many cultures, and for us, a big part of our work is message-driven. And so, like, for example, we use a lot of indigo because 
it's something that connects so many cultures. You know, we have indigo in Japan, we have indigo in Ghana, we have indigo in Nigeria, we have indigo, you know, in Burkina Faso, we have indigo, you know, there's the denim industry in the United States, you know, like, it's, 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 it's a proof that we have all been moved around. It's, it's, it's like a, it's a living legacy. And like, it's the, the fil rouge, you know, like we all came from somewhere and we all share these plants and we all share this history with indigo and denim. And um, a lot of times when people talk about Africa, sometimes, or Ghana, you know, they have an idea in their head of what it's supposed to look like, who it's supposed to look like, who it's supposed to serve, et cetera. But if I pluck indigo out and I, like, have an indigo button-down shirt or something like that, and, I, and it's just sitting on a, on a rack, you don't know where that shirt came from. You could have gotten it in Japan. You could have gotten it in India. You could have gotten it in Nigeria. And that, to me, is so magical because it shows that it's, like, it's all in your head. You know, like, it's bigger than us. Like, we're all connected. We're all sisters. We're all brothers. We all come from the same place. And so, like, our collections are very much rooted in this kind of thing. If you come to our shows... You can see that. You see, like, everybody. Like, we did a show. It was so magical. It had, like, you know, everybody came down the runway. Everybody, every kind of look, every kind of idea, every kind of vibe. But not because we were intentionally setting out to be, like, I want to, you know, check this off the box. And I want to have this number of black people and that number of this thing. and that. No, it's because these are our friends. And this is what, you know, and that's why I think it's the future. Like, this is what it is. Like, it's inclusive. It's fluid, it's diverse, it's lots of things, and our clothes look like that. You know, we, they're flexible, there's a lot of, like, drape, you know, a lot of, um, you know, we like to do things that we like to say go from day to evening, you know, so that way, you know, we travel a lot. It's meant for, like, a busy person who packs a bag. Sometimes it's small or goes to work, and, like, maybe you can wear it during the day, like the kimono I'm wearing, and then you can belt it at night and put on heels instead of sneakers or something. And you have a whole other look because we're busy. Who's got time to do all that? <laughs> but it still looks amazing. And, like, each person wears it differently. When you talk about sustainability, it's such a huge umbrella topic. You know, I just sat on another panel recently, and someone asked those questions. You know, like, where do you begin? And also, like, how, who, what do you judge a brand against? It's such a big like saying organic it's such a big thing you know like you can be sustainable because you have a great recycling program but then you do everything else terribly does that make you a sustainable brand you know like and also like um i i just discovered a you know well i didn't discover anything he i met him in uh stockholm he william mcdonough he has the book cradle to cradle and he created the whole like cradle to cradle philosophy and he was saying to me abrima you know like if it was if the if it was produced badly and you recycle it it's more bad <laughs> you know he fit it so simply he's like if you used negative materials to make it at the beginning and it wasn't thought to be recycled and then you try to burn it you're releasing really negative toxins into the environment you're making it worse sometimes it's better to do nothing right. and like i was like <laughs> mind blown he said it's so he's like it's more bad <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, you have to design products that are thought at its inception to be repurposed later. Exactly. And if it wasn't, then you have to think about, and again, I'm still learning his philosophy, but then you have to think about how you can use those materials in its best purpose. So it's not necessarily burning it. That might not be the right thing. And it might not necessarily be turning it into something else. It might have to be turning it into a parallel product. Mm -hmm. So you're not releasing more CO2, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I just think it's really, it's, it's, not an, it's not an easy answer, you know, it's, uh, and that's why I think 
you got to go human first. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're willing to be open-minded and conscious about the things that you're doing, then you're just like an open book, like a child and a sponge and you're willing to learn. And then if you're willing to learn, you're going to make it better. If you're just like, you know, I'm sustainable. I'm like, want a cookie? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you want like a gold star for that? Like great job. Like really good. Like, great. You did something well today. The Council of Fashion Designers of America also recognized you with the Sustainability Award last year. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me how that process went about. Yeah, so um, about, I guess, over a little over a year ago, uh, lots of people suggested that we apply for uh, this competition. So the CFDA, the Council of Fashion Designers of America, and Lexis have this program called the CFDA Lexis um, Fashion Initiative, which is focused on sustainability. When I first learned about it, I was like, <laughs> this doesn't make sense for us. I was like, we, what, we, why would we do this? You know, and also because I don't see us as, uh, you know, I think that there's some amazing designers that are really creative and really design-focused, and I think ours is a little different because it's very mission-driven, and it's really about you know, the process and, you know, some, like, uh, background details. The foundation matters sometimes more than, you know, having the most creative item and so I just thought maybe that wasn't the right fit for us but it kept coming you know again the universe tells you what to do like this you should do this you should do this and so I was like okay and you know what the application was a monster (laughs) it was so intense and so much information which I totally understand why they do that because what it did is it created the best class you know they ask for so much information it's essentially like a massive business plan but it's so great because you end up getting people who really want it. You know, it's not fluffy, if you want to say. It's nothing like that. It's really serious. You know, the CFT is really serious. And they want to, I feel like they want people to succeed. And, you know, they, they put you in the context. And so we did this application. We got accepted. And from the very beginning, it was incredible. It was such a great ride. You know, I, I didn't realize I needed it until I'd started, and I realized, oh, my God, we need this. You know, so, like, the first few years of what we were doing, you know, like I said, I quit. I moved back to Ghana, and um, <clears throat> I put a big focus on, you know, just building infrastructure, connections, community, kind of growing from the bottom up and um, organically and, you know, trying to affect the narrative and explain what we're about to buyers, retailers, press, you know, a lot of people wanted it to be Rosario's charity in Africa, and it was very important for us that that was not what it was about, you know, and redefining what you thought clothes were coming from Africa, investing in traditional techniques, et cetera, et cetera. But once that was done, or once, you know, we're, we've reached a certain point, at some point, something else has to happen. And, you know, I realize now, again, hindsight, that what the CFDA offered us was the opportunity to have, you know, um, the language, you know, it's, it's still new. This is all very nascent. Like, how do we talk about sustainability? And also, like, what are other people doing? You know, because so many people are doing so much great stuff. And we're not trying to reinvent the model. We're trying to work together, you know. So if you figured out how to make something that uses less water, tell me how, you know. Like, if you figure out how to make leather out of pineapple, great. You know, like, can I use it, you know? And so... Um, that's what this did. It gave us access to network. It gave us access to resources, information. It gave us a, a support system with like-minded individuals. Oh, and I want to add, you know, um, Rosario has this quote that she really likes that 
is uh, the journey is the destination. So this is like a life lesson that I've learned over these past few years of doing this. Realizing that it's, it's the process, you know, it's not necessarily where you're going, but sometimes it's, a, it's really important to take stock and appreciate the, where you are right now and be present and be in this process. That, that's huge, you know, and, and I'm one of those people being in New Yorker that's always rushing and running, you know, and like I really had to take a step back, you know, and had to be like, okay, all right, you know, like I need to appreciate this and I need to, because you don't know how much time you have and you don't know, you know, how much time your friend has or this or that or what, you know, your parents, your grandparents, your kids, who knows, you know, like it's, we, we think of so many things and we're always stressed out, you know, and like, but then there's all this amazing stuff right in front of us, like right in this moment. And, and I think it's really important that we remind ourselves. So it's an active reminder, you know, like, and, and it's so different. You know, like when you take a moment to take stock and be present, you, you can see how the world shifts around you. You know, like when, when we are at each other's throats and we have, you know, bad, something bad happen and we're just like, oh, it's all bad, 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 you know. It doesn't work, you know, like, it, it, it's just, like, negative things start to happen around you. People are not as nice to you, like, you get sick, you know, like, bad things start to happen, you know, that you're manifesting this negative energy. And when we come at it with a positive energy, all this amazing stuff happens. Just opportunities come and, like, little things. It could just be somebody smiling at you, you know, like, and you become very grateful for the small moments that you have, and it changes everything. And you start to learn to appreciate the moment you're in right now because it's going to go. And that's why I said, you know, the journey is the destination. It's a, it's, a big, it's a big lesson because it's hard to remember that, especially when you have bills or you have responsibilities and you're nervous. But, you know, yeah, that moment right then and there, that, matter, that matters. So thank you. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm grateful to be in this closet yeah. recording a podcast. This has been the best. <laughs> I am so grateful to be in the closets with you for all the people, the listeners, wherever you may be. We are sitting in a closet at Denim Days Festival. Thank you, Denim Days and Kingpins, for allowing me to be on this podcast and telling our story. Thank you so much. We love you so much. For photos and videos, please visit kingpinshow.com. We will have industry news, trend content, street-style galleries, store and designer profiles, and more podcasts. Plus, you can find information and updates about our shows in New York, Amsterdam, Hong Kong, and China. Thanks for listening.